0: Hello and welcome to Account Instruction Help and How To. In this lecture we're going to take a look at internal controls within the audit system. At the end of this we will be able to describe what internal controls are, explain their importance, describe how technology affects internal control, put together an audit strategy based on internal control assessment, and explain how to set up a system of internal controls. So what are internal controls? We've mentioned them briefly in the past. Let's take a look at them in more detail at this time. Internal controls are going to be the responsibility of management. So management's going to be responsible for putting in the internal controls in order to safeguard assets and records as well as to ensure that the financial statements are reported correctly. And we as auditors are then having the objective of auditing the financial statements to make sure that the financial statements are reported materially correctly. Are going to need some assurance from the management. Part of that assurance is the fact that management has a set system of controls. and One of the objectives of those controls is to make sure that the data is being reported correctly. Our job as the auditor then is to go in and take a look at those internal controls. It's going to be a big part of our process because if we can determine what the internal controls are, if we say that the internal controls are good, then we can do less substantive testing. So We need to rely more on internal controls. We will then get an idea of the internal controls related to any key system. We're going to look at the key controls that are within the system see how they operate, then we're going to look for any weaknesses within the internal control system. And that's how we're going to set up our process. That's going to, how we're going to set up our strategy for the audit process. So if the controls are good, we may then further test controls and rely more on the controls in order to verify that the financial statements are correct or the assertions are correct. If they're not good, then we're going to have to do more substantive testing. So in terms of internal controls from the business side of things from the company's side of things they could we could break this out into three different areas three different types of controls for an organization and they could be related to the financial reporting so actually the controls related to making sure that the data is being processed into the financial statements and that process is happening accurately. There could be controls related to the effectiveness and efficiency of operations so these are going to be controls to make sure that the operations are done well are done efficiently these are the ones where you you got the person you can imagine a person with a stopwatch trying to make see see exactly how long a certain process happens and trying to put in systems to improve the process time and then we have controls related to compliance with laws and regulations these are going to be controls that are set up to make sure that we are in compliance with laws and regulations so as we go through our daily processes then we should have the controls set up in such a way that we are in compliance if we have those three things in place then management can spend more time focusing on the day-to-day operations the day-to-day management and have less surprises related to these other types of areas now we as the auditor of course are most dependent or most reliant on what we want to do is to make sure that the financial statements are materially correct therefore when we look at these three objectives we are looking for the controls mainly that are related to the financial reporting Because that's what we're trying to determine. So of these three control sections. We may spend some time in the other ones. We may be looking at laws and regulations. As it relates to the financial statements. We may be looking at operational um, controls. As it relates to the financial statement. But we're going to be spending most of our time. Looking at the controls related to the financial statements. The controls that are set up. To make sure that the data is stored correctly. And that it has been compiled. Into the financial statements correctly. We're not going to be spending a lot of time on the controls for operations to make sure that they're more efficient those type of controls are because our goal really isn't actually to make them more efficient per se our goal is to make sure that what has been happened has been reflected correctly on the financial statements the use of technology within the organization and the use of technologies within the control system is going to play a big role within the audit as well we're gonna have to get an understanding of how the technology plays out how the systems are being put in place and look at the benefits and risks related to the computer system. So obviously there's going to be a lot of benefits related to automating systems and having more computer systems in place and there are related risks to that as well. For example some of the benefits are the fact that a computer system can repeat processes fairly uh, standard so the process will be standardized and repeated in a standard way. Computer systems can allow us to segregate duties which is one of the major types of controls that we're going to want to take a look at. And have one person working on one piece, possibly with the possession of things like assets and the other person being in charge of recording. That type of separation of duties can be done by giving separate access to the computer system. And that's going to be a huge type of control. There's a lot of types of controls within the computer system that can actually catch errors uh, in an automated type way. can catch simple type of errors, the double entry accounting system itself being something that can be made sure to be in balance within an accounting system that can be done with dates and a lot of different type of uh, things within the accounting system Uh, we can use the accounting we can use the system a computer system and a lot of different areas it gives access to different users which is very beneficial in a lot of ways to the organization the risk factors of course will be that it's possible for other users to get into the system. So if we get access from other users that are not, they shouldn't have access to. That's going to be a, a problem. That could either happen from a poorly designed system or from a system that gets uh, hacked into in some way. It's also going to be just complicated in terms of technology. These systems can be very, very complicated when we start to segregate the duties and we get different access to different pieces of the system. And we need people on that both know the controls. And then people that uh, know the technology. We need both of those people to work together in order to put in a complicated system like that. We also need to update the systems over time. So that means that over time we're going to have to update the technology of the system. And we're also going to have to update the processes that are involved in the system. So as time passes sometimes people leave and stay within an organization. And when we, when we look at the system at a later time... Uh, it's possible that it's not fully understood <laughs> by the current people in terms of how, it, how it's working and therefore it can be difficult to, to replace and that also leads to the problem of if something is not processing correctly just like if we put something into a calculator and it, it gives us a number but we don't know exactly what happened we can have that same type of thing happen within a computer system. The computer system could be spitting out data that we don't fully understand how the process happened and if the process is not correct then the data won't be correct so those are going to be the the risks and benefits that we'll have to analyze when we look into the use of a computer system within the internal controls system we will break the components of internal controls into five parts those parts being the control environment the control activities information and communication entity risk assessment process and monitoring of controls so let's take a look at those in more detail The control environment is what it sounds like. It's going to be the environment of the organization. What are the principles of the organization? And it's usually going to be set from the top down. So what are the principles of the organization related to internal controls, the importance of internal controls, as well as uh, the standards of conduct within that organization. The risk assessment process is going to be the process of monitoring and seeing whether new risks have entered the organization and then to look into those risk factors. So new risk factors could be external, meaning it could be market related. It could be internal. We could have changes in the organization and the personnel that could cause internal risk factors as many many other types of risk factors. Information and communication relates to the communication of the information as it relates to the internal controls. This will be an important component because the internal controls are a bit of red tape in some ways. Sometimes the internal controls actually take longer than if we didn't have the controls when we do things like separate duties or we have to get authorization there's there's reasons for that but they also can cause uh, more of a longer process they can cause more time and we need to have good information in terms of what the internal controls are in the first place but also why we're having them why are this internal control there so that when employees are implementing them they understand the importance of the internal controls and that has partly to do with the control environment as well control activities have to do with the actual activities the actual controls that are put in place within the process and monitoring controls has to do with going back into those controls and monitoring whether they are doing what they're supposed to do are they are the controls achieving their objective now we're going to take a look at principles that are related to those components of the internal controls. And if an organization is able to put in a system that touches on these principles, they can have an effective system of internal control. First, we're going to take a look at principles related to the control environment. Remember, that's going to be the overall environment usually set from the top down on the importance of the uh, internal controls and the regulations that are in the organization. So the organization needs to demonstrate integrity and ethical values that's going to help to implement the internal controls. That's going to be something that usually is set from the top. The board of directors should have independence from management and therefore be able to act as more of an independent oversight over the assessment of the internal control. Management and the board of directors should have clear reporting lines. So how, how is the communication going to flow through the organization? The organization should have a commitment to higher quality individuals and to develop quality individuals internally. And the company should strive to hold people accountable for actions. So those are going to be the principles related to the control environment. Principles related to risk assessment. So first we're going to, we want to make sure that the organization has specific objectives that are well defined. And those well defined objectives then we can assess the risks on those objectives. So then we can assess the risks based on a specific objective. And we can then determine what are the risk factors related to that objective. We also want to make sure that if new things happen if changes happen whether they be external or internal those are times when we want to assess reassess the risk and those changes could be things like changes in the operating environment. We could have changes in the personnel especially if there's going to be key personnel within a process then we want to go in there and and recheck the process. There could be rapid growth within, within an organization. Growth is always a positive thing but it can also cause a lot of problems too, especially in terms of communication. If we have different departments and we're communicating over um, a, a longer distances, that can be issues. If we have new computer system or a new network of some type, that those are all types of issues that uh, could uh, mean needing new risk assessment analysis principles related to control activities. So remember that control activities; these are going to be the actual activities that are going to be put in place. And the main one I want you to think about is going to be the segregation or separation of duties. That's going to be a, a huge type of internal control. And that's the idea that we're going to have two people that are going to be doing different parts of a process. And that will help to make sure that one individual cannot either make an error or commit fraud without the other individual's help. And so the fact that two individuals are involved is going to lower the risk for fraud and the risk for error That's going to be one of our major controls now there's pros and cons of that of course because when if we did have one person in charge of some things it could run faster in some cases putting two people in charge of doing two things that are part of the same process causes problems in many ways but it also safeguards us in in many ways too so those that's going to be the main one we want to take a look at we want to have performance reviews So We want to review the the processes as we go. That's going to be a a system that we want in just about any type of system. We want to implement the system. We want to uh, then review the system and see if it's doing what it should be doing. We could have physical controls into the system. We could have an information processing controls that are within the system. Principles related to information and communication. We want to have a relevant and timely communication. We want to have controls making sure that the transactions are input properly. That they have been input and that the values within the input are correct. We want to communicate the objectives, the, the forms of the internal controls, and also the reasons. Those are going to be three important things that we want to put in place in terms of the communication. Again, so that we know that people know what the internal controls are. and They know how to do the internal controls and they know why they're going to do the internal controls principles related to monitoring. Once we put the internal controls into place we then want to monitor them periodically and make sure that the internal controls are doing what they were designed to do. Recall our audit risk formula and where control risk is in it. We have an audit risk formula being audit risk equals the inherent risk times the control risk times the detection risk. Remember that we're looking into the amount that is going to be the responsibility of management that's going to be the inherent risk and the control risk that's what we're focusing in on there the inherent risk is going to be that things that are kind of inherent within the system so management can't really do anything about that because it's inherent part of the process we can't do anything about that on on our side we can do something about the detection risk but the management does have more control over the control risk that's where it's going to be formulated within the control risk formula So note that's the formula we're going to use to set if control risk if we can depend on controls then uh, we can do less substantive testing. If we cannot depend on controls we're going to do more substantive testing based on this model. In order to do that, we would go through a thought process that would look something like this. We would be testing a certain assertion. We want to develop an understanding of the internal controls. Then we're going to document the understanding of that control. And Then we're going to ask the question. We're going to say, well, does this understanding or does this control achieve the objective? And Therefore, can we or can we not rely on the internal controls? If we're going to say that we cannot rely on the internal controls for a specific part of the audit, then we're going to have to do more substantive testing. If however we can rely on the internal controls we may then test the internal controls further and then ask the question as to whether that is sufficient for uh, proving the, the assertion. If it is then we can document that information and move on. If it's not then we're going to have to su- still plan some more substantive tests in that process in order to prove the assertion things. There could be different reasons why we would say that internal controls are not effective or why we would not be relying on them. One is that the controls may not be sufficient enough to have a control over the assertion that we are looking for and the other might just be that the controls are not effective. If we do plan on relying on the internal controls then we have a reliance strategy. And then we're going to obtain a better understanding of those internal controls. if we take a look at our list of assertions and then apply the controls related to them we can get an idea of what types of controls we would be looking for for example occurrence if we're looking at the assertion of occurrence did the act, did the activity actually occur then we might be looking for separation of duties can be a control that help us to have that uh, assertion to prove that assertion we may have pre-numbered documents pre-numbered documents are going to be useful uh, for us because it gives basically a check in the numbering system. So the numbers are not generated by the computer. There are pre-numbered systems such as checks. Uh, are there some kind of reconciliation process? The reconciliation process will help us to know whether something has occurred. We also have the assertion of completeness. Is everything complete? And in there, once again, the control of pre-numbered documents is something that can help with that, such as the checkbook. If we have those, those numbered documents that are separately numbered, Pre-numbered, and we can look for those gaps in in the pre-numbered documents. That's going to be a a control process. The separation of duties. We do have some overlap here, of course, between the occurrence and the completeness in terms of the types of controls we're looking at. And then again, the reconciliation helps with completeness. And we can think bank reconciliations when we're thinking about reconciling bank reconciliations. Of course, being like one of the major types of things that are going to be part of our control system. We have the double entry accounting system. We got the bank reconciliations that are going to need to happen for sure. The assertion of accuracy. We could have some recalculation models and we could also have those reconciliations again in terms of the accuracy. Authorization. There should be a separate authorization for the transactions. We've got the assertion of the cutoff. The cutoff time period. That's going to be the the control over when the transactions are happening. So If we're talking about revenue recognition We should be tying those out somehow to the shipping documents. And then the classification. We should have controls related to a charter of of accounts. And uh, some kind of review process are going to be the types of controls. That could be related to the assertion of the classification. So remember the five components that we are trying to understand. With relation to the internal controls will be. Understand the control environment. Understand the the risk assessment process. Understand the information system and the communication. And understand the control activities and understand the monitoring activity. Understanding these five components will help the auditor to plan the substantive testing after this point in time and identify potential types of misstatements which will help to plan what types of substantive testing that we're going to need after that point. Then we will need to document this understanding. We do want to have it documented both for ourselves to go back to it. We want to have it documented for the supervisor to look at it. We want to be able to have the third party to be able to document it. Now when we document things there's going to be different types of formats that we could use to document different areas within the process flow charts for example are a nice pictorial way to document certain things especially like an organizational structure or just the flow of a a particular process manuals organizational charts those are types of documentation that we can put right into our working papers and and have that as the documentation we have questionnaires we're often going to use questionnaires and these will often be kind of preset types of questions that we're going to run through in the process We could have just a narrative description, which in many cases, if we're doing some type of interview process, the narrative description is often useful. It's always something that we should be including when we have something that might be outside of the normal questionnaire. We should write that down. Limitations on internal controls. Now, internal controls are never going to be perfect. So, Just like when we're detecting the audit, when we're reviewing the audit to see if the financial statements are materially correct, we're never going to give uh, the guaranteed assertion that it's going to be correct. And The same is going to be true with these internal controls. You can put the best internal controls in there, but there are some problems that are just inherent within internal controls that we need to be mindful of when we're taking a look at the internal controls. The first one is going to be the management override. When we think about internal controls when we think about audit, when we think about errors that are going to happen within an organization, most of them, the majority of them, are going to be somewhere down the line. So We can think about... Uh, someone trying to steal money out of the check out of the uh, cashier drawer or somebody writing a check to themselves in, in the purchasing pro- process or something like that. Those are errors that happen or fraud that happens within the organizational structure. And if we can ha- have a control that usually can be set up that either detects that or prevents that, and then we can easily deal with that. However, if, if the problem is in management, and this gets into the idea of the environment of the organization, if management is, is not trustworthy and they're not implementing the controls and they want to do something, then they can often just go around the controls. They're the ones that put in the controls so they could override the controls. And For publicly traded companies, that's one of the biggest concerns when we put in the, this information because the board of directors and the shareholders are dependent on management as the agency problem. So if that's usually the biggest kind of risk in terms of the biggest types of dollar amount errors that could happen. We also have human errors and mistakes. So clearly there's still going to be human errors and mistakes. We can put in a lot of controls to limit human errors and mistakes. We can put in date ranges. So if we put it in the wrong date we, we can have a control on that. We can have a control over if someone put an extra zero when they're entering data. Then we can have some kind of pop-up saying that you know you entered more a uh, very large number and so we can have a lot of different type of controls that help with error with just separation of duties helps with errors but errors are still going to be something that's relevant it's not as big of a, of a problem that then because once we find the error then we can we can correct the error and it's not a systemic problem in terms of the environment of the organization but it's something we when we check the controls need to be mindful of and then we have collusion collusion it's basically two people getting together in order to get something done that they couldn't do on themselves when we think about it in an audit process you hear collusion it's like a bad word because many of the controls we remember were the separation of duties we're separating duties so that uh, one person cannot both handle the assets and enter the assets and therefore uh, how would they commit fraud under a system like that well they'd have to get together they would have to collude and then plan a system where they can both commit fraud so the likelihood of that happening is less, but of course that could happen, so collusion's a problem. And note we have this kind of dynamic where uh, communication in some cases in terms of internal controls is actually bad in some cases, and in some cases it's good because we, we have to communicate what the controls are. And in terms of business as a whole, communication is usually uh, a good thing, but the idea of d- different departments getting together uh, increases the likelihood that they, would, uh, that they could uh, commit fraud. Performing tests of controls when we actually look at the test when we're testing the tests of controls that will include inquiry we're of course going to go in and say what are your controls over this particular system we could then inspect the documentation in order to get verification of the process we can have observation we can say what is the process for this particular control how do you handle the money how do you record the money and then actually observe that process we can re-perform certain type of procedures as well within the control process.